I can't trust on what little I know and the, you know, because I see in the natural, but God sees in the supernatural. And so he, he's seeing how all of these pieces are playing together, how all of them are moving. And I just need to trust that he is going to work it all for my good, you know? And when I look back, that's exactly what he's done time and time again. And so why, you know, why should I doubt him if he's shown himself faithful to me, you know, and he continues to show himself faithful to me. And so that verse just continues to remind me of that. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Offstage Podcast. As you guys know, we are here in season two, where we've been unpacking the stories of certain people involved in leadership and a volunteer capacity here at the Ministries of Refuge. And this is actually the last episode of season two. So we're putting a cap on it today. We're excited for what season three will hold. But with us today is none other than Miranda Winter. Mer wears a lot of hats around the ministry. She's primarily involved in our youth ministry, but I'll let her unpack some of the other ways that she's been involved here. But Mer, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for those who might not know you? Yeah, thanks, Sam. So my name is Mer or Miranda Winter, and I'm on staff here, like Sam said. One of the big roles that I play is I'm the youth director, which I love the youth. I love connecting not only with the youth, but with the students and with the families. And that's been a huge blessing that I really value about youth. I also help out a lot with administrative stuff. I'm helping out at Cana Land here in the ministry as well, too, which is a lot of fun to be able to see the kiddos. I also do a lot with our volunteers and coordinating those um, you know, meal trains, all sorts of things. So I, I'm a team player. I love helping out and supporting my teammates the best that I can. So yeah. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> if there was ever like a hype woman, Murr is the hype woman. <laughs> if you're having a rough day and you need to just get hyped up, Murr is the place we all to need go. A hype person, it's true. You know? <laughs> it's true. And you do such a good job at that. So Murr, I want to, I want to toss you an icebreaker here yes. as we kind of dig into things. And I want to ask you, what was your favorite like hobby or activity that you had as a kid? My favorite hobby or activity. Okay, the first thing that came to mind, which is kind of embarrassing, but when I was in elementary school and even middle school, um, it was a big thing to collect stickers. And so like the old photo albums, me and my friends used to fill those photo albums with stickers. That's actually Um, cool. Yeah, that weren't you, like the... Like you didn't stick them in the album because you would trade your stickers with other students. And so I remember there was one, somebody had like this huge like sticker like this big and I had to trade four of my stickers for that one. And I was like, ooh, is it worth it? it? And it was worth it. Okay. Um, Okay. But I have no idea where those photo albums are today. (laughs) I remember my mom would take us to the store and be like, mom, I need stickers. My mom's like, you don't need stickers. But yeah, that was probably a hobby or activity that I really enjoyed for a few years there in my elementary and uh, middle school years. So That's really cool. Yeah. I would not have guessed that, so I'm glad I asked. <laughs> I can be a little bit of a nerd, you know. <laughs> hey, can't we all? Can't we all? So, Mur, like we said in the intro here, we are diving into people's stories, yes. unpacking them a little bit, and we want to do the same with yours because I know you have a powerful testimony, but I'd love to know a little bit more about it, and I'm sure that the people watching would as well. So I want to I want to kick things off by just asking, um, what was your upbringing like? What did life look like for you as a kid? Was, was God part of the equation, or did you find him later on? What did, what did those early years look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I did not grow up a Christian or grow up in the church or having any understanding of who God was. 
my parents, so my mom and my father, they split when I was three months old, six months old, so pretty young. And then I had a stepfather that stepped in for quite a few years within there. But um, yeah, I I knew that there was something more to life, but I didn't really know what that was. And I can just remember being in my bedroom as a kid, like, okay, God, like, you know, I what what is life? Like, who are you? What what am I supposed to be doing? Like this yeah. life seems not fun and like not enjoyable, you know, when I get like grounded for a summer and I'm like in my bedroom and I'm just like, okay, God, like what is life? You know, like what is this? And so um, when I went to high school, I got involved with the youth group a little bit, which was a lot of fun. And I just loved the atmosphere and the environment. And so got plugged in with that but really didn't, you know, again, come out with any understanding of who Jesus is, this relationship that I can have. I went to college and that I really broke free because my parents, you know, my mom, she wasn't telling me what time I needed to go to bed or (laughs) what I needed to eat. You know, I could do whatever I wanted, um, whenever I wanted. And so I took full advantage of that. But then I got involved with a Bible study and that's kind of when I got introduced to my relationship with the Lord, where I started my relationship with the Lord, and where I really um, felt this longing and this desire to connect with my Creator in a way that I hadn't before. That's amazing. Yeah. And so that was around the college years, you said? Yeah. So uh, spring of 2016, well, fall of 2015, my freshman year, that's kind of, it was in the like uh, October, November is when I got involved with that Bible study. And then, and it's funny because the friend who invited me, we would go out and party together and hang out. And so I, we were walking through her dorm and she was like, well, somebody in the lobby said, Hey, are you going to Bible study tonight? And she was like, Oh yeah. Like I'll go up to my room and grab some things. So as we're going up the stairs, I'm thinking in my head, like Bible study. And she's (laughs) like, do you want to go to Bible study with me? And I'm like, sure. Like I'll go with you. You know, it's, she's like, it's only for an hour. Then we can hang out afterwards. And I'm like, great. So I go, well, what's funny is I continuously going to that. I kept going to that Bible study, um, within, uh, those coming weeks and she like stopped going and it wasn't even my dorm, but I went because I was like, well, I really like this, you know, and I don't know. I just like felt connected in that. And so it's crazy how God can use people in your journey and in your walk who maybe they're not following the Lord to this day, but he can still use those people to play a part, a vital part in your walk. And so, yeah, then going into the spring of 2016, that's when I made the decision to fully give my life to the Lord and wow. haven't looked back since. So Amen. that's yeah. incredible. You know, I think Mer, it's incredible the the journey that we all go through as to some extent of figuring out what our personal relationship mm-hmm. with God looks like. And so even from that time of being young and not necessarily understanding who God was or what exactly he was offering you, that free gift of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. To to then finding him through a Bible study, through a friend, um, I think it really speaks to how even even like the smallest seed planted yeah. can grow into the tree that is mm-hmm. now your the ministry that you um, are a part of. And yeah. so I think and it's, even speaking on that, yeah, if you don't mind, go I'm just going to say something because that made me think of something. Um, I quite literally knew nothing in the beginning of, of my walk with the Lord. And yeah. so I can remember that when I made that decision, I had to quite literally look up the definition of sin and grace yeah. and mercy and forgiveness. Like, what do these things mean? Absolutely. And why are they so important in my walk with the Lord? And I really wanted to know those things. And yeah. I can just remember that there were some opportunities for me to go hang out with friends and go smoke or drink or whatever. And I can remember telling them, I want to focus on my relationship with the Lord. And yeah. so I'm wow. going to say, 
say no to that because I need to pursue this. And it was a holy, it was the Holy Spirit because I had no idea what that even meant or what that looked like. But I was, God was directing me and leading me in that because of my desire to pursue him and to seek him and to know him with my whole being. And so it is crazy because, you know, I think too, even working with youth, I hear a lot of different stories. And so I hear a lot of kids, oh, I grew up in the church, you know, and not really having that moment of like really coming to the Lord. And I always just thought that that was just so crazy to me because I, for me, I had no understanding. And then my life changed and I had this understanding, but it's cool being a mom. uh, You know, I have a daughter and a husband um, and another one on the way, but it's, it's, thank you. It's cool being a mom now with, and having these values set And my daughter hopefully will grow up knowing that that's the truth. And so it's just, it's so crazy how like my story is different than other people's. Everyone's stories are so different and how we come to know the Lord and how God works in that. But yeah, I just think that I, I was such a beginner, you know, and even still, I feel like, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing because I didn't grow up with those Bible stories, you know, (laughs) like I can remember, um, Joan on the whale and I being like, what the heck? Like (laughs) there, and the kids are like, yeah, you didn't know about Joan on the whale. And I'm like, yeah, I knew about John on the Whale. You know, it's like, no, that's a crazy story. Let me go back to my Bible and read that because I need to make sure that's actually in there. But yeah, so. Yeah, no, I think what you bring up there is like so valuable for people to to hold on to. Like if you are at that place where you just really don't know anything, like mm-hmm. you have to look up the definition of sin, the definition yeah. of salvation, like don't feel bad right. in any way. Right. It's okay. We all start somewhere. Yep. And What's important is just that we start, right? That we start to dig in. We start to Mm -hmm. seek out that relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I think that really one of the most beautiful things about us being His creation being created in his image is we all have a soul and that soul cries out for him, right? That's why we all have this innate desire to know what is out there, what is bigger than ourselves, right? And we ultimately, through our faith, we know that that is God, right? That is the Holy Spirit, that is Jesus and the relationship that we can have with the Godhead, the triune and whatnot. But it's so important to let the desire of your soul, let the cry of your soul actually go, let it out, right? So that he can hear our cries and he can come to us, right? And then we can go into relationship with him. And so I think for you specifically, you know, through that story of like, even not necessarily knowing what a relationship with God looked like from a young age, but still uh, talking to him, still reaching out to him was so important because yeah. that itself goes goes to prove that, you know, like we have right. this innate knowledge that there is something bigger than ourselves yeah. out there, right? And that is obviously yeah. God. Right. And I think, you know, even you just mentioned like your daughter and your one on the way, like yeah. I have a little son now and he doesn't, he doesn't know a thing right. about the Bible because right. he's three weeks old, yeah. but... He's in an environment that's going to foster his growth yeah, in that. And he himself has a soul that yeah. cries out to its creator. Yeah. And he has this innate knowledge, even though he's three weeks old, right. even though he can't put together a right. word, even though, you know, all he does is baby things. <laughs> right. But like there is an innate knowledge there. Yeah. There is an innate desire to connect with yeah. the creator. And yeah. it's so important that we recognize that when we feel that stirring on the inside of us, right? When Sunday morning yeah. rolls around and we feel that tug on our heart to go to church, that's yeah. our soul crying out to our creator, yeah. wanting to come into relationship with him. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so I want to I wanna ask you, Mer, um, obviously the, the friend inviting you to Bible study was a, was a big turning point in your life, but were there any other 
there pivotal moments along the way where you maybe felt that tug on your heart or you felt that desire to to seek out something greater than yourself? Were there any other pivotal moments? Yeah, I think, like I said, I feel like I, you know, went to some of those youth groups, Bible studies in high school, but I really, the pull that I was feeling was more so the boys are cute. <laughs> So, you know, I went because I'm like, maybe I'll get a boyfriend, even though I couldn't date till I was 18. And then I turned 18 and I couldn't date till I was 21, you know, whatever. But um, I think really the biggest pull that was that I went to a campus meeting. A, a, I was involved with crew. Mm. So um, I went to their weekly meeting, got invited to that. And when I got invited, I heard the message, and for some reason it resonated with me. I have no idea what the message was about. I'm sure there was it was talking about the gospel and how I can be freed of this guilt and this shame that I that I'm feeling. You know, I had a lot of shame and guilt that I felt um, after the weekends with waking up after a night of drinking or you know a night of going out with friends. You know, doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing. And waking up the next morning just, like, feeling like crap, you know, like I just yeah. felt horrible. Yeah. And um, and so I can remember that when I went to that weekly meeting, I just felt like, wow, like, this is what I'm searching for. This is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And then a staff member met up with me that following week to go over the gospel with me. And that's when I had, you know, that was that pivotal moment of, yes, I'm saying yes to you, Jesus, and I'm saying no to this other life. And I know that my life is not put together and I have a lot to work through, but um, I'm going to trust that this is the direction and this is the way that you're leading me. And so um, with that, I just kind of plugged in right away. I got involved with... Um, a summer mission that summer because um, it was about Where it to? was uh, North Myrtle Beach, South cool. Carolina. Cool. So you know who doesn't want to spend their summer on the beach? Um, but it was a really growing and challenging experience. It was like it has this greenhouse effect where Absolutely. you are um, days were all cut out for us. So times with Jesus in the morning for an hour, you know, so it really helped me to build structure and routine and rhythm in my relationship with the Lord. From there, I just, yeah, I just took off and just really have made my relationship my own with the Lord. And so that, that moment that I came to know the Lord was really the most pivotal moment that I've had with him. You know, obviously there's times throughout my journey where I need to resurrender things yeah. or yeah. seek forgiveness for things, um, confess things. And so there's always going to be some type of pivotal moment in my relationship with Absolutely. Jesus. But um, I think the biggest is when I first made that decision to say yes and to Amen. give up the life that I knew for a life that I had no idea about. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned structure there. And I think structure is very important when it comes to, you know, our like getting into relationship with Jesus. Structure is important because you have to set aside time to actually dig into the yeah. word, right? And you yep. have to set aside time for prayer because we all live these busy lives that yeah. we that we lead. And, you know, if we are not intentional about actually carving out those times to do that, mm-hmm. then we're just going to let it fa- fall by the yeah. wayside. It has to be a conviction in our heart that we're going to set aside yep. this time for Christ because every breath we breathe, every every hour that we have here on this earth, that we only yeah. have because he's blessed us with right. it. So why why would we not give that time back yeah. to him? And so I, you touched on structure there, and I think you also touched on community mm-hmm. as well because the community that you had around you on that summer mission yeah. was so important because yes. in times where maybe you start to backslide or you start mm-hmm. to deviate from the right path, 
path, right? The community around you can be a force for good. They can help call you out, right? It's so important to have friends and family around you who are supporting this this journey that you're on yeah. with Christ. And so structure and community, I think a lot can be said for those yeah. for sure. Yeah. And sort of in this in this journey that you were on, I want to ask you, how how did that lead to your involvement here at Refuge? Yeah. So I got plugged in with that summer mission. That was 2016, summer of 2016. And then I went into the fall and I was involved with a church um, in the area that a lot of people from crew were involved with and then got invited to what I thought was going to be Hillsong worship um, here at Refuge. And it, I think the guy was from Hillsong, but um, Hillsong College or something. But um, it was still like an amazing encounter nonetheless. And can just remember being like, wow, this church is in the area. Like, this is what I've been wanting. This mm -hmm. is what I've been longing for is um, somewhere where I can pursue Jesus outwardly and worship him freely. You know, I think a lot of times in some church settings, it can be a very reserved kind of worship, a very solo kind of thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I, I was wanting to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And the moment I stepped into the doors here at Refuge, I felt the Holy Spirit. And and it was, again, unknown to me, and I wanted to know more. And Absolutely. so I dove in and I got plugged in. I remember um, connecting with a volunteer who was a team leader at the time, and she was like, hey, we got to get you on the Welcome Center. I got plugged in emceeing. You know, I'm doing things that I'm like, I'm a newer believer. Like, I, I can't be doing these things. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but yet I was – I was able to do those things because of the grace that Jesus had given me Amen. and Absolutely. and the grace that he allows me to walk through, which to me, that was like bizarre because I felt like I was still a new newcomer and I was, right. but I, because I wanted again, everything that Jesus had for me and I wasn't looking back, there was no compromise in my relationship with Jesus. Amen. That was being shown in the way that I was living my life, yeah. which then showed a value in me volunteering and getting plugged in. Absolutely. So. Well, and you know, it's just like the Bible said, um, whoever has faith as small as a mustard seed can talk to the mountain and tell yeah. it to cast itself into the sea, right? And so for a new believer, leaning on even what faith you have is so important because it's not just something that we have, but it's something that we embody, right? Yeah. And so when you physically, when you maybe not physically, but you embody that faith, right. right? And you actually lean on it. You lean into your relationship with him. You count on Holy Spirit to to lead your path, to make the path ahead straight, right? Then mm -hmm. that faith enables you to walk out that calling, mm -hmm. to walk into greater depths of ministry, to do bigger and better yeah. things, right? And so it's so awesome that that opportunity was made available to you. So what did sort of the the path forward look like from there to where you got involved at the, at the depth that you are now? Yeah, so... Like I said, I got plugged in, volunteered, and I'm still at this point volunteering and helping out with crew very heavily, but I saw the importance in getting plugged into the local church. Mm -hmm. I love campus ministries. I love what they do, but we need to get plugged into a local church, Amen. you know? And so- You have to be whether, part of a body. Right, right. You need to be a part of a body. And so I saw- the need for that in my life here at Refuge and saw the importance of that by even the different people I'm interacting with, the different ages of people, the discipleship that can happen with the older generation and the younger generation. And so um, the more that I got plugged in, the more that I started to get to know people. Me and my husband, we got married on the grounds here. <laughs> and so um, we just, I don't know, it just like was this natural flow of me getting to know my pastors and 
um, getting to know the people here. And I think just the more that my heart was, well, the more that I was growing with the Lord, the more that my heart was being stirred to be a part of something here at Refuge. I can remember back in 2019 talking with Pastor Deb and Pastor Matt, but mainly Pastor Deb and just saying like, you know, I really feel like I want to find my niche here. Like mm. I want to find that area that I can really put my heart into. And at the time, um, which I hadn't known, there was a need for a youth um, director to step in. Mm -hmm. And I was helping out at a youth um, ministry in the surrounding area. And I felt kind of guilty about it because it was a different church, even though I just felt like I was filling this need. But I knew that I needed to plug in fully at Refuge and find that area at refuge and kind of let go of that. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that then this door opened up, it was it was all God. It was such perfect timing. Yeah, and absolutely. so then I transitioned into that um, volunteering in the fall and then stepped in as the youth director um, in uh, January of 2020. So been part-time since then. And then um, June of 2021, I stepped in full-time and I've been, um, you know, helping out again in the various areas that I mentioned. And so my husband, you know, we, um, we got married August of 2020. He's been along my side helping out here at Refuge 2, which is a blessing that not only am I plugged in here, but our family's plugged in here. Amen. You know, I can't wait to see the day when Adelie is serving and, and is plugged <laughs> in, you know, and, and helping out. Maybe she'll, um, you know, once she gets older, she'll uh, then take my role as the youth director. No, I don't know. I always Best like to legacy. think that I'll be hip, you know, <laughs> I'll be hip enough to be in the, in the youth role. But um, yeah, so it's just, and I think for me, it's just not, like I just haven't seen it any other way, you know, it makes sense to stay connected, to stay plugged in. And then it allowed this natural transition that when I came out of college, there was no longer campus ministry for me because I'm not in college anymore. And so then that allowed that natural transition for me to help out more here at Refuge. Absolutely. And again, I think that's what really helped my relationship with the Lord. You know, it wasn't, it was because I was continuing to find those ways to connect and plug in. You know, it's one thing to attend a church, but when you really allow yourself to plug in and to volunteer and to serve, that's when you really see yourself being tested and you can really grow in that and be challenged. Absolutely. Um, and so that's been, yeah, that, that was a big, um, reason big pull as to me being involved to the level that I am today. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to ask, and this is, this is kind of diving more into your personal relationship with him. What do you see as the biggest difference in Mer today and where you're at with your walk with God and Mer before she found Christ? And I hear you laughing, so I know this is probably yeah, going to be good. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I like all the things that come to mind, like how I dress, how I speak, the music I listen to, yeah. um, the influences that I have in my life. You know, I, again, not growing up knowing any of those things, when I came to know the Lord and when I was on that summer mission, it was a big um, time for me to learn what does this look like now that I'm following Jesus because yeah. I need to start walking and living like that. Not that, that, that God is expecting me to just change my life overnight. But the more that I had a hunger and desire to follow him and to know him, the more that that naturally happened and the more that I wanted that for myself. And so um, I can remember I loved listening to throwback music. That is my jam, was my jam, still sometimes can be my jam, even though, you know, the, Lord, the Lord's got to deliver me from that still. But <laughs> no, um, and so the type of music you listen to can really make a difference in – you know, like 
the things that I talk about or how I perceive myself. Um, And then also, yeah, like the way that I dressed, you know, I I dressed in a very, in a way that I like to show my body, you know, or different features about myself. And so now, like, I could not (laughs) picture myself doing that because I just, I, you know, the confidence I have in who I am doesn't come from my body image, you know? And so um, that was a big thing. The friends that I hang out with, I still have friends that I've had since high school, middle school. Um, but you know, our friendships look a little different. We're not hanging out every day, all day. Um, and so I surround myself with other people who, um, I desire to be like, or desire to journey with, um, in my relationship with the Lord. And so, um, that's looked different. The people that I go to for advice, um, you know, I have mentors in my life, disciples, pastors, you know, Pastor Matt and Deb and, and the people that I go to and speak to about the things that I'm facing, Um, I think another big thing too, is that, and again, probably still is a a little bit of a struggle of mine, but I can remember in high school, a big thing in middle school, really with girls, it's, it's just a big thing, gossiping and being a part of like the drama and all of that. And I can just remember that I was a big perpetrator in a lot of that stuff of, um, causing, you know, a lot of gossiping and, and different things like that. And so the speech and the talk that I do, you know, is it uplifting? Is it encouraging? Or am I tearing my brother or sister down, you know, and, and am I talking about people behind their back, you know, different things like that. And so, those were just things that as I grew my relationship with the Lord, I began to notice, you know, I, as I grow more of a heart like him, these are things that just are, you know, as I mature, those things are going to naturally um, look differently. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I just think that there's a lot, you know, I'm not gathering people for parties anymore. I'm gathering people for church events, you know? (laughs) Um, And so it's like, yeah, there is just, it's a huge difference. Um, Even with my social media and what I'm putting out there, you know, I think before a lot of my social media was about me, my Snapchats, when I Snapchatted people, they were filters where I looked cute and it was all about me. Now I don't have Snapchat, Mm -hmm. you know, Instagram, I post, you know, sometimes I'll throw a little cute picture of me out there once in a while, but, um, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't just encompass me, you know, but my life, um, there's a lot more to my life than just being selfish or self-focused on, on myself. So, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So we're kind of in that, um, in the same vein of that question, throughout your journey, so from before Christ to where you're at with him now in your walk, were there any particular scriptures or maybe even like it could be a key word or a key phrase? Is there anything that you feel encapsulates your testimony in sort of a succinct way? Hmm. Gosh, that's a big question. The whole bottom. <laughs> the whole bottom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think the verse that comes to mind, and I've quoted it a lot, Um, and I think it can be kind of a verse that's uh, seen as a bit cliche, but I think there's so much power in it when you really break it down is Proverbs three, five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And so every time I look at that verse and every time I think about, you know, or when I think about different aspects of my life, that verse constantly comes up, you know, and it's so simple yet so profound and can be really hard to follow. And so again, when I made that decision to follow Jesus, I needed to trust in him, Mm -hmm. lean on him and not on my own understanding. I needed to submit to his ways and not what I thought my life was going to be like, you know, again, I think a big thing in my life, um, that, 
you know, I, I just really never thought that I would go to college, that I'd get married, that I'd have kids, that I'd have a home. You know, these were things that I just never really saw would be true of myself because of my upbringing. And so the fact that when I came to know the Lord, um, you know, he, I went on summer mission that summer. I would have never thought that I would have traveled to South Carolina, you know? And so, and in all the other mission trips that I've been a part of and have taken part in. And so I just think that, you know, that verse has just really grounded me in my relationship with him and has really shown me that um, I can't trust on what little I know Mm -hmm. and the, you know, because I see in the natural, but God sees in the supernatural. And so he's seeing how all of these pieces are playing together, how all of them are moving. And I just need to trust that he is going to work it all for my good, you know, and when I look back, that's exactly what he's done time and time again. And so why, you know, why should I doubt him if he's shown himself faithful to me, you know, and he continues to show himself faithful to me. And so that verse just continues to remind me of that, you know, that he leaning on his understanding, submitting to him, like he's delivered every time, you know, and he will continue to. Absolutely. Because he's faithful. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. We've both seen that time and again in our own lives. And, you know, we know that the people watching online can see that as well when they, when they dig into that scripture and they lean on their relationship Mm -hmm. with him and they acknowledge him in all their ways. Right. Yep. Murray, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been an absolute blast. It's such a pleasure to get to know a little bit more of your story. And I I trust that people tuning in online were able to glean something from it as well. So as we kind of close things down here, do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with the people watching? Yeah. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It really is an honor. Um, And I thank our pastors and just their heart. You know, I really, the moment that I came into these doors, our pastors really saw something in me. And so they just have such a heart for people. And so I really do think that, I'm sorry, we have the best pastors. (laughs) Pastor Matt and Deb Malik are the best. They're the real deal. I've even lived with them. So I can even like say that, you know, with a stamp of approval. Um, But yeah, but um, yeah, I just, our pastors are amazing. And so I just thank them for even allowing me the space to be a part of this ministry and and to be um, involved in the ways that I am. Um, Otherwise, other than that, really, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, you know, a lot of times people, these testimonies are meant to encourage. All of us go through different things, go through different seasons. And just because when I came to know the Lord, I was sold out and I ran for it. That doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for everyone. But what's so what I love so much about Jesus is that he constantly pursues us and he Amen. constantly seeks us. And Amen. so even when we don't think that we deserve that space, he gives that to us. And so whoever's maybe questioning or doubting, um, you know, or even is like, is, like, is this even real? Like, Honestly, just give it a shot, which, you know, it's like, what do you have to lose? What do you have to risk? You know, I, I again, can remember um, being at that point of like, well, I've tried everything else. Like, 
and nothing else has given me full satisfaction. So I might as well give this a shot and see. And, and when I did, I completely changed my life. You know, when I say that I was the complete opposite of what I am today, I was. And so I just think that, you know, you may not, you may think that you're too far gone or, um, you know, God can't use you. That's not true. And that's the enemy. And he wants to keep us in that bondage. And so, um, God loves you. We love you. And so if you have any questions about anything, you know, Sam, he runs our social media. So reach out, send a message. Partly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You and Michaela. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, so we, we are a church who is for all people and we love people. And so reach out to us. Um, these testimonies are meant to, again, encourage, and they're going to spark questions that maybe you have. And so this is a perfect time to get connected, to ask, even if you're plugged in somewhere else, then, you know, ask somebody that you trust at that church or, or a mentor or disciple or, um, because this is, you know, this is real stuff. This is our lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that I came to know the Lord at the age that I did. You know, I interact with some people sometimes who they're 50, 60, 70 years old coming to know the Lord. And they're like, wow, if I would have known this truth 20, 30, 40 years ago, I would have saved myself, you know? And so it, it, that's just, to me, it's like, wow. And I think like, to me, if I would have known this earlier, but you know, and so it's, there's never going to be this perfect timing or this right timing to make your life right. Absolutely. And so yep. now's the time to dive in and to seek it out for yourself. So no better time that's than what now. I'll say. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so true. Well, again, Mer, thank you so much. And yeah. hey, to everyone watching online today, we just want to again say thank you so much for joining us. We sincerely hope that you've enjoyed all of the stories that you've heard here in season two as we cap off the season. And, you know, if you got something out of today's podcast in particular, out of Mer's testimony here, which I know that I certainly did, please feel free to like this post, share with someone who you think could also benefit from it and subscribe to our page as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys again through all of our other content. Have a great day.